0: We pumped every single time. You guys can please stand for the reading of the word. We are going to be reading from Revelation chapter three, verses one through six. And when you got it, you can say so. So. I'm gonna wait for one more so. All right, cool. Yeah, they're like, we're ready. Just go. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, and that you you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You may be seated. Church, you guys good? If I get serious today, I got one amen. So, all right, cool. Good, because I didn't have a plan B. So it was going to happen no matter what, just to let you know. I'm going to start off. Um, I have this preaching here titled, Walking dead. Not the Walking Dead, not the series, just Walking Dead. Um, I want to start off with a little story. Um, nothing great It's not this extravagant story where some crazy stuff happens. It's nothing too heart-wrenching. It's just a story about regular life. Um, there's a, a guy, he's a software developer. He makes video games. Right? And he's working for a company right now, at this time, and he is busting everything he can. He's putting his work into it. He goes to work, he comes home, he takes work with him because he wants to be the best software developer there is. He does it every day. And he gets used, he gets pushed around because people know he's got talent. But they also know he's not going to speak up for himself. Because he's always involved in his work. So he pushes himself and pushes himself. And one day, he just gets tired of it, and he goes to his friend while he's at lunch on break. He says, man, I just can't do this anymore. I have so much love for this, but I'm losing my drive. He says, man, you have so much talent. Why don't you just go do your own thing? You can go start your own thing and show these guys what it means to really make software, to really make video games. So he gives it a shot took him some time took him some time to figure out how he was going to do it but he eventually leaves he meets a couple guys they start this company together start working things out and you know what it was a struggle a lot of betrayals ended up meeting a nice nice lady along the way that had a few kids all that work he was putting into his own thing it was tough on his marriage. It was tough on his kids, but he figured it out. figured it out. Lost a lot of friends, but he made it. He eventually was able to get a company up off the ground that changed the face of how we look at software. And he realized it wasn't just about video games. He can make software for devices, like our cell phones. He can make software for people who are blind, so they they can surf the web. He really found a new way to change how our industry looks at these things. From there, he started really gathering a crew, a good team to really lift this up off the ground. And he became the greatest powerhouse when it came to software, at all the exclusive rights to you know, exclusives for Nintendo, for Apple, for Microsoft. He had it all. So then he says, I'm going to come out with the next latest and greatest, right? Years move forward. Ten years of doing this. Everyone knows that this company is the best. And he says, all right, you know what, team, we're coming out with the next greatest computer ever, right? That's, that's our goal. And they hype it up. They don't even have anything developed. They don't have anything ready to go. They just say, this is, this is our mission. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to release it in five years. So five years, fast forward, they weren't ready. They made a promise. They weren't ready for it. Product came out. Everyone was hyped for it. And when they got it, this computer was garbage. It was just not good. And all of a sudden, his name became almost synonymous with failure. You know, he said, you know what? I am 65 years old now. I'm done with this. I've been betrayed. I've worked so hard to get here. I'm going to take all the money I saved up for retirement. I'm just going to go. I'm going to let this fail. I'm going to go do my own thing. And he spends the rest of his time, him, his family, sons have already grown up, daughters have already grown up, spends it in retirement and lives the rest of his days out, happily. Nothing crazy, right? Not some serious story. Some dude, worked real hard, made it to retirement, and retired. That was it. He made his impact. He changed the landscape of what it means to have and develop software, and then he just left. Retired, died. 102 years old, from the age of 65 to 102, no one really knew what he was doing. To be honest, nobody really cared. He was done, and he was okay with that. I bring that story up because that's the goal that we're, we're taught in our American society. We're taught we have to work hard now put money in our Roth IRAs and our 401Ks and and really save up for when we retire. Because when we retire, that's when we're going to enjoy all our hard work. I ain't never seen a Roth IRA or a 401K when it comes to the word. Our security lies in Jesus. So... I want that story to sit with you guys, because when we go into Sardis, we're going to be talking about a sleepy church, right? A dead church. I want you to know that for those of you who grew up in America, kind of grew up in the society, deep down, whether you recognize it or not, we are trained to work so hard for retirement. But the Scriptures want us to work hard until our flesh is no longer and we can spend time with Christ. It says in verse 1, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things Say, says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. My first point for you guys today is, and I had a hard time coming up with this point. It's simply, God knows. I couldn't come up with anything fancy. I wanted to come up with this cool, like, phrase that would just impact. But in reality, it's simple. God just knows. And I... I've always wanted to make a name for myself. Always wanted to have like, a name. People know me by this. And some of you guys may have a, a name for me, right? Some of you guys see me as the youth minister. Some of you guys see me as a drummer. Some of you guys see me as a business owner. Some of you guys see me as the, you know, the guy who graduated with a PhD and two masters at the age of 25, right? Some of you guys have some type of name for me. I've always wanted to make a name for myself. And I never really knew what that name was but God knows. He knows what I was after. He knows me in and out. And let me give you some history on Sardis real quick. Sardis is like the point of trade, right? This is where all the trade happens. Everything comes here. This is the center of everything. And on top of that, they're super protected, right? They have these mountains around them. No one can get across. And They feel safe. They feel okay. And God says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. And notice he doesn't say, you've been doing bad works. You've been doing messed up works. He didn't say that. He says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive. These people are putting in work outside looking looking in everyone else sees a church that's alive because they're putting in work but he says i know your works that you have a name that you are alive but you are dead walking dead Nowadays, there's like this big thing now, everyone, it's, it's like, you know, with all these series coming out and all these things about zombies and there's all these things about zombies and vampires and all this stuff, that's like the thing of the day. Like a lot of, a lot of our, uh, you know, youth and our high schoolers, they're reading these things about vamp, vampires and zombies and it's like it's totally transformed that now we think there's a zombie apocalypse coming. Church, the zombie apocalypse is already here. And it is the church. (laughs) We're walking dead. That's it. We know what to say. We know when to say. We know when to show face. We know when to not show face. When Israel's getting into all these things, we know when to back up, be quiet, and say, let's not say anything until we know more. When all of a sudden... Racial prejudice comes out out of nowhere, and a pandemic comes out of nowhere, and issues are coming, flying. The church knows exactly what to say. And they're doing works. They're reaching out. They're showing up at the right protests. They're being where they need to be. They're standing up on podiums saying what they need to say. They're doing the works, and it looks good. It looks like they're pushing the kingdom but they're walking dead. Name is reputation. And the Bible says to protect our reputation. Your name is your reputation. And the church has many reputations nowadays. Or faith church has a reputation. We have a reputation. Name is reputation. But names can die. They can be forgotten. The next verse, verse 2 says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Be watchful be open-minded to the things of God. How many stories have we heard of guards at night falling asleep? Right? That's also like a thing in movies, right? You can pick the, you know, in the zombie apocalypse, right? They're all out in the woods. You're gonna pick the one dude that stays up at night, right? And that dude falls asleep, and all of a sudden you know what's gonna happen next. Everything just goes haywire, right? He fell asleep, nobody just would watch, they lost all their stuff, the fire's gone, zombies start chasing him. Be watchful. We take being watchful, we take being the guard as like, okay, I just got to get through my shift, I got to get through my post, and that's it. We don't understand that our fortress of theology, that our fortress of what we think is doctrine, that our fortress of who we think the church is, the enemy is and trying and trying to penetrate it. And when he finds a weakness, he's ready. And he will open that gap up and make the church look a fool or worse. Make the church act in a way that looks good. If we were watchful, one, we would have noticed our weaknesses. Two, we would have noticed the enemy coming. Guard, duty, duty is not just a shift. You're the front line of defense. What you see, what you report is important. You're not sitting where you guys sit at work. You're not sitting where you guys sit when you're communicating with people. You're not sitting where you sit in your family, amongst your friends, to just be there. You're there to be watchful, open-minded to the things of God because the Spirit is always speaking. He is the one who holds the seven spirits of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Whether you like it or not, it's reaching out to us, and we are called to be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that all ready to die. Now, I want to pause here. Everyone in here has had some type of oppression, some type of tragedy, right? And we, we can expand it out. We can look at what America did to African Americans, enslaving them, lynching them, doing all this messed up stuff in the past. We can look at what whites did to blacks. We can look at what Hispanics did to Hispanics. You can spin it whichever way you want. We can look at what the government did to its people. We can look at what countries did to other countries. And here's my problem with all of that. We as Christians tend to focus on those topics. And we tend to say, okay, this is where we should stand. This is what the Bible says and all this stuff. Did we forget? Yes, you've seen oppression. Yes, you've seen tragedy. You could probably relate. And maybe you're feeling something because of what somebody else did to your culture in the past. Let me tell you what's really happening. There is a war in the spirit for all of our souls. You want to focus on color? Focus on color. Go ahead. You're going to miss what's happening in the spirit. You want to focus on race? Focus on race. You're going to miss what's happening in the spirit. You want to focus on politics? Focus on politics. You will miss what's happening in the spirit. Church, wake up. Because that's our problem. We sit there, we listen to the news, we listen to whatever's feeding us. Sometimes Bishop gets up here and you're not paying attention. He says the one thing that you, you, know, you heard that you like that you want to take out of context and you run with that because that came out of a pastor's mouth. We all have this mini agenda sometimes. Man, growing up as in high school and in middle school, the things that I did, I did it, and I'm going to be honest, I was taught that the people I hung out with, we did not like Guatemalans. I was taught that we just did not like Guatemalans. I had no idea why. I got in a fight, one of my good friends, when I found out he was a Guatemalan. I was like, bro, we just can't hang out. You guys laugh. That is the dumbest thing I think I could say. That's not even a joke to me. That's what I was trained to do. And then I look back, right, standing here looking back at the culture I grew up in and the things that I was taught, and then I go and I read the scriptures and none of it makes sense. I was taught that I need to be a good Spanish speaker, that I need to know my culture very, very well. And yes, my culture is important. That's what I was taught believing was true that I am Puerto Rican. I eat arroco candule. I eat pasteles. This is what I do. On Christmas, we roast a pig, and on New Year's, we have a party. Church, I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm a child of God. We're all coming from the same source. We're all coming from the same origin. we're blessed with so much individuality. You know why? Because Christ loves us. He loves you enough to give you your own in our sinful, messed up minds and flesh. He still loves you enough so that you can have your own identity, not only emotionally, not only mentally, but the way you look too. That's love. If anything else, how can you tell me there's not a creator? And yet you want to fight about those differences instead of just revel in the amazingness of who God is and what he can do. Church, there is a war in the spirit and we are falling asleep on it. And the enemy wants you to fall asleep on it. He's going to keep putting stuff on the news. He's going to keep putting what the CDC says about masks, what this scientist says about masks, what they're doing in Europe and how that's better than here. How America's delayed, how America's divided and falling apart, how Biden is a puppet, whatever you want to hear. And I'm not here spitting any my my stance on, on on politics or anything. That's just what the news will tell you. Right? You can focus on that. What's really going on in the background when you hear those things? Is anybody really worried about what's happening in the spirit? Because the one who holds the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars, he is speaking to us, not the news, not the CDC, not the protests, not your own past, not the culture you grew up with, none of that is speaking, it's the one who holds seven spirits and the seven stars. Strengthen what remains, and when you say that, that means things don't remain. It says, strengthen what remains. And I don't know if anybody's ever been in a really, really bad situation. I'm not going to go into um, the messed up stuff that I've done in my past, but let's just say I've been in places where I'm running away from flashing lights, running away with a bag full of stuff that shouldn't be full of, you know, those things, and trying to figure out how I'm going to get to the next day. And um, lost a lot of friends along the way, both emotionally and physically. And when you're in those situations, the ones you got left with you, your boys that ride or die, you know what you guys do for each other? You strengthen each other, and you keep moving. And I lost a lot along the way. And here God is speaking to Sardis and say, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. What did they lose? Church, what did we lose while we were sleeping? While we were focused on our face, when we were focused on what society thinks about us, when we were focused on what others were thinking instead of what the scriptures were telling us to say, what did we lose? And the things that remain, and this is serious, what's left, they are ready to die. So it's not only about, hey, you lost some things. What you have left is pretty much about to flatline on you. Jesus is coming in and saying, Sardis, wake up, because all that you have left is pretty much just ready to die. I have not found your works perfect before God. Church, we're working. Some of you guys are on Core Faith Church, and you guys are putting in work. Some of you guys are here, and you're putting in work. And I thank you for that. But are you walking dead in your works? Told you I was going to get serious. Are you walking dead in your works? Because let me just be honest with you guys. When I started working and helping out here at the church, I was walking dead. I I was just getting through the motions. And there was a point even in ministry where I was like, I am just tired of this. much as I love you guys sometimes I feel like I'm getting disrespected sometimes I feel like I'm putting all this work in and nobody really cares but I'm going to keep doing it because that's what God asked me to do and I keep pushing I keep pushing I keep pushing and I keep pushing other things because that's what God asked me to do he asked me to just work I forget now I'm just walking dead the work you do here And I love this church because everyone here volunteers. Everyone here puts work in. Look at it. Is it really Holy Spirit inspired? I'll be honest with you guys, it wasn't always like that for me. But man, when you're Holy Spirit inspired to do a work, I mean, think about, we were talking about Pentecost last week. They were, hey, the baptism of fire. They stood out, and they were preaching in different tongues. And from there, nations were impacted. They put targets on their forehead doing that. Holy Spirit inspired to do those works. Are you willing, no matter what work you do here, whether it's helping out here with the music team or hospitality, or helping out with events or the youth ministry or kids' ministry, do you know that doing that work puts a target on your guys' back? Because the enemy is looking out. The enemy is ready to just reap you from there. And Sometimes the best place he can put you is where you think you're good, where you think your works are enough, where you think what you're doing is okay, that it gets you there. And you feel like you made it because now there's no more attacks. Now there's, more, there's no more stress. I'm not saying you need to have stress and all that stuff to be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But you feel like you made it. You now have this work, ministry, life balance. But at any given moment, if Christ calls you out, would you be willing to move? We don't know his plan. This brings it to my second point. Time is guaranteed to end. That you guys know for sure. Time is guaranteed to end. Verse three, it reads, Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. And this is specifically to the church. Remember, which means they forgot. Remember, which means they weren't listening. Remember, which means what are you doing? Did you forget what you were called to do? Hold fast, keep with the strong strongest grip you can. Church, there's no excuse. Each one of us have a testimony. Each one of us know what the Scripture says. Each one of us were impacted. Our lives were impacted by the sacrifice that Christ made on that cross for us. There is no excuse for us to forget those things and get comfortable. There is no excuse for us to be behind a wall of defense that's theology or making bishop your wall of defense, making your pastors here your wall of defense. Because sometimes things get real tough. Oh, I just got to redirect you to my pastor. And once I redirect you to my pastor, once I redirect you to someone in the church that knows, good, you can go talk to them. I'm going to just keep going about my life, and then I'm going to get another soul and bring them right back, right? But every time I come across a problem, come right here. Are you really searching the scriptures? Do you remember what it was like when you had that first crush? You sought that person out every day. You're always looking for them. You're always watching them. Do you remember what it was like when Christ completely transformed you and all of a sudden you said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. This is something that I want to push for the rest of my life. I don't know everything about them. I may not understand everything that's in this book, but I know this is true. Are you seeking Christ? Do you remember what his commands were? you remember what his love was for us. Or do you feel like you made it? Hold fast and repent. Hold fast is like the strongest grip you have. I don't know, I don't know if you guys were, were, I don't know all of you were here for, for Rock the Block, but for those of you that were, we had a tug-of-war contest. And uh, I decided to uh, challenge Joey, or maybe Joey challenged me. I don't remember how that one went. And I had that rope so tight. I wrapped it around my arm. I was holding it and I, with, with, with the right hand, and I was wrapped this one around. I was ready to go, and I held fast. I'll tell you what, though. Joey, anyone want to anyone test Joey? Joey's real strong. He was pulling me, he was pulling me, and I held, I don't know how long, it felt like half an hour I was there. It was actually like two minutes. But it felt like half an hour. And that, that, little, that little red string that's hanging down, that's the marker, gets to the end of the other cone. You know what I did? I let go. I was like, I can't do this. I have to go from this cone. Man, I held him for two minutes just to get, just to get here. And now if I'm going to win, I got to pull him all the way to my side? No, I'm going to let go. This is too much work. I held slow. I didn't hold fast. (laughs) I let go fast. Hold fast. The strongest grip ever. I wasn't determined enough to let Joey win and pull me all the way to the ground while I'm still holding on to my life rope. Are you holding fast on Jesus? Is your grip so strong on that love for him that you're not going to let go no matter what, whether he calls you all the way out into some weird mission field where there's no house, where there's no water, where there's no electricity, or whether you're here in your comfortable house with your air conditioning dealing with difficult problems that your co-workers have to deal with. And you got to be that light in the darkness. Are you willing to hold fast wherever it is that you are in life To the love that you have for Jesus, are you letting go fast when things get rough? Repent. And this repent, he's not talking to people who aren't in the church. He is talking to the church of Sardis, and he says, repent. And it's not getting down on your knees and say, God, forgive me for all the things that I messed up on. I'm going to get up and keep going. No. Repent wisely. Meditate on what you've done. Understand where it is that you offended your love. Let me tell you what doesn't work that I realize doesn't work in marriage. You know, when I mess up, and sometimes I don't even know what I did. I really have no clue what I did. And I can see it on my wife's face that I really did something messed up. And I'm like, my mom, I'm, I'm sorry for whatever it is that I did. Oh, that don't work. That doesn't work. I'm sorry for whatever it is that I did. Let me tell you why that doesn't work. Because if someone did me dirty, and they said, yo, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. I'm like, no. Why don't you go back where you came from, recognize what you did, then come and give me a real apology. Man, when I recognize that, my conversations, my approach to my relationship with her changed completely. Because I realized... Man, I was so prideful. I was asleep. I thought I was good. Repent and be smart about it. Because I've offended God. We've all offended God. Are you willing to sit down and look at your messed up self and realize that that's what you need to repent about and that's what you need to work on? Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. I have stolen many things in my day. I think um, for those of you who are not thieves, I'm not a thief anymore. But for those of you who uh, have never delved into thievery, um, when I was a part of a crew, I was what you would call your intelligence right and in my case we stole cars i would watch a car an owner of a car everything they did for like four or five months before we made a move and when we made the move they had no idea what was coming i'm not saying you guys need to be a you know a thief to figure out what the, what the bible is saying here but when he says he is coming like a thief And on top of that, just before that, what did we say? What was point one? God what? Knows. He knows your moves. He knows your actions. He knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. He knows the people around you. He knows how you live. So when he comes like a thief, oh, you're not ready for it. And let me tell you, when you're walking out from work, ready to get home, see your family and kids, you get to the parking lot. You're holding your keys, you're hitting the panic button because you're panicking because you don't see your car. <laughs> and back then, when I was doing this, there was no Uber, there was no Lyft. And out here in Florida, especially down south, calling a taxi, you'd be waiting for a while. They had no idea what was coming. Then you get home, you, you call the police, by then the car's in the chop shop. Car's already taken apart, no trace. No trace. When he comes like a thief, you will have no idea what hits you. My last point point three there is no confession like that of the Son to the Father. I'm going to make this a little happier now, promise. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. <laughs> you know how amazing that is? For him to say that? Anyone know the story of Enoch? Just walking one day, God was like, whoop, you come coming with me. Do you know what it's like to walk with Christ? Oh, man, I can't wait for that day. And, you know, and when you think about it, when you say Paul, when you hear Paul just say, yo, I just want to, I really just want my flesh to end right now so I can have that relationship with Christ. But he has called me here for the works here. Man, walking with Christ is an amazing reward. And we will be clothed in garments, white, purity, triumph. But says you have a few names. And, and notice this. It says even in Sardis. This is Jesus saying, yo, even here in this messed up sleepy church where you guys think you're good and you're out here still kind of like, let, saying it's okay to worship Artemis, it's okay to worship all these other idols, it's okay to have all these things, right? And let's flip the script, let's put it in the modern day, right? You're in the church, all right, it's, it, it's okay for you to be struggling with these things. It's okay for you to be doing this. It's all right, you know what, keep doing it. One day you'll get over it. Church, when are we going to recognize that all God, his nature, his amazing, awesome being is not okay with sin. When are we going to be able to tell those of us who you know are around us who are really dealing with sin and say, yo, that's not okay. It's not okay for you to be getting drunk. It's not okay for you to be getting high. It's not okay for you to be delving in into all this sexual immorality. It is not okay for you to be doing these things. Wake up. You know what we do sometimes? Yo, you need to go see a counselor. We push them off. Yo, you got got a problem, but, you know, just keep dealing with it. Keep pushing it. Church. There's only a few, even in Sardis. And sadly, it's like that with the church. There's only a few, even amongst those in the church. Core faith is okay, though. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, I want to take a quick note. It says, I will not blot out his name from the book of life, right? A lot of people like to take this like, oh, you can lose your salvation here, right? Because your name can get blotted out, right? And I'm not going to be touching on this, on this topic right now because i only got a minute and 30 seconds. But I want you to notice: God does not make mistakes. God is not up there with a pen and some whiteout. And I also, you guys may or may not notice what a light tote is. Basically, it's it's like the affirmative, right? The the, the you're basically making an affirmative, expressing a negative. It's a positive using a negative statement. Basically, like um, you won't be sorry, right? If you go to Disney, you won't be sorry. Or you can say, right, let's flip it. When you go to Disney, you won't have a good time. You won't be sorry. And this is what he's saying here. He who overcomes will not have his name blotted out. Basically, if you truly overcame, if you're truly coming to Christ, your name's not going to get blotted out. It's going to get written in. God won't make a mistake with that. Your name will be written in there. And the most amazing thing for those of us who overcome, he will confess our name before the Father and before his angels. Each and every single one of us are getting judged. I, I hope you guys know that. We are, we are all going to go see the judge. And you always want the best lawyer in your corner, right? Because here in America, right, you can get away with anything if you have the right lawyer. That's like a a statement. If I had enough money to get the right lawyer, I can get away with whatever I want. You're not getting away with anything once you get to that judge. But I'll tell you what, who you want in your corner. You want his son. And if you truly overcame, you know what he's going to do? He is going to stand before the father and you, dressed in white, at his side, walking with him, will confess your name before his father and before the angels. What? And honor. Good job. My faithful servant. Church. We may be sleepy. But you ain't dead. I want you to know that. Our church may be asleep. Not saying core faith. Just the church in general may be asleep. They can wake up, and we can wake them up. You guys have been instructed. You guys have been equipped. You guys know what it means to walk a walk of faith. You can wake the church up. Everybody wants a revival. No one wants to start, right? Have you guys ever seen that video? of like this dude in the park, he just starts like flailing his hands, going crazy, and everyone's looking at him like he's crazy, and then two other people join him, and then everyone's like, okay, that's a weird group, that's a cult, right? That's a cult now. And then all of a sudden, more people join, and all of a sudden, and now it's a thing. It's acceptable. He started doing this weird move, two people started doing it, and all of a sudden, everyone started doing it, and it was cool. It was okay. It was fun. But someone had to stand out there and do that. You want a revival? Someone has to stand out there and wake the church up can't be sitting here praying and waiting for it to happen. Yes, pray. Yes, intercede. Yes, seek the Lord and his will and his plan, but also be ready to act. Okay, I ran out of time. <laughs> so church, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. You're sleeping. We just got to wake up. We got to get to work. Because we cannot retire at the age of 65 when it comes to Christ. We retire when our flesh retires. That's how that works. I leave you guys with two challenge questions. One, are you walking dead? And I know that sounds kind of funny, but really think about it. Are you walking dead? Are there areas in your life where you're just going through the motions when it comes to Christ. And two, are you willing to overcome? Overcoming is not easy. No battle is won very easily, especially ones against the enemy. God has the victory, but are you willing to overcome with him? And if you are, your name will be confessed before the Father and the angels. That Go ahead and pray, close out this, and we'll move on to the next portion of our service. Dear Lord, I come for right now, and I just thank you for who you are. Father, I thank you, even though sometimes we're asleep. Father, you don't let us stay sleeping. Father, you reach out. You cry out. You remind us of your love. You put people in our lives to remind us of our love, our first love for you, Father, because you did not make your sacrifice on that cross in vain. Father, I ask for each and every single individual in here, Father, who's living a life for you, equip them and wake them up. Father, reveal to them areas in their life where they are sleeping. Father, you have called your church to wake up. And I ask that you equip those in here, Father, equip core faith. Let us not be afraid, Father. Father. Let us strengthen what remains so that we can make an impact. Father, remind us that this battle is a spiritual one and that you already have the victory. I pray all these things in your son's great name, Jesus Christ. Amen.